Welcome to the Heart and Home Podcast Season 3. We're your hosts, Shannon, Ashley, and Jessica, and we're here to touch on all things related to marriage, parenting, and everything in between. We want to try and shed some light on how all the normal pieces of our lives can be impacted by mental health and just try and provide some solidarity and community. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Heart and Home Podcast. Today it is Jessica and I here with you as your hosts, and we are going to talk about breaking the silence. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally feel like breaking the silence is something that all mental health advocates are wanting to do, but I feel like we're all getting stuck somewhere. So I feel like this topic in particular is just so important because hopefully as we talk about this more, it will generate more minds to get together and to think about what could these solutions possibly be? What are more things that uh, we can help people with? So that's another reason why we thought this topic was so important to talk about today is getting um, more people's opinions on it and more, just more people thinking about it. You know, we want you guys to think about this in your everyday life too, because at least for me, I feel like it's almost harder to ask the closest people in my life, how are you doing with your mental health? Because even though I've been advocating for it, you know, for several years, I mean, I think I started therapy myself um, back when I was getting out of high school, but then like really heavily advocating for it the last couple of years after losing my soon-to-be father-in-law to suicide in 2020, I still feel like there's a sense of uncomfortableness. And I don't want to even say it's embarrassment because I'm not, I'm very proud of what I do um, with advocating, but there's still a sense of uncomfortableness. And I don't know if it's like, I'm uncomfortable in thinking that they're going to think I'm weird for asking, or they're just going to think, oh, she's so wrapped up in the mental health stuff. That's all she does. And, yeah. you know, she now she's diagnosing everybody else. Yes. When no, I just care. So, like, I feel like it's harder for me to check on the people who are closest to me because I, I don't want them to just feel like that's all I think about and I'm diagnosing them. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, what is, like, how do you recognize when someone is just, you know, if they start to get really quiet, Mm-hmm. is that always a warning sign or maybe they just have a lot going on? Like maybe they're just like really distracted by work or something else, which still though is a point in time when you should be checking in, right? Because if they're distracted by something, obviously it's weighing on their mind. So I think when people get quiet, like mm-hmm. exceptionally quiet, like out of the ordinary quiet, um, I think it's important to, to just check in on them. And then it's like, how do you do that? I struggle with, I don't want, I want to respect their boundaries. Mm -hmm. So if somebody just suddenly starts to like, you know, talk to me less or, you know, starts to kind of cut off communication, whether it's just me or, or a lot of the people around them, I don't, you know, you don't want to like overstep your boundary, you know, and, or make them feel like, I I also struggle with, I don't want to make them feel like, like, oh, there's something wrong with you. You've gotten really quiet. Right. You don't want to point out the obvious. Right. Yeah. So that's where I struggle. Mm-hmm. is how to talk to them in a way that doesn't like make them feel like you've noticed that there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, you're exactly right. And I feel like when I have been asked, uh, one of my girlfriends, she, we have this like, really weird, like, <laughs> I feel like it's like a sensory thing between the two of us. And it's super weird because I can just feel we don't like, we don't, 
we might not talk every single day, but it's definitely multiple times a week. And I can just feel sometimes during the day when we haven't even talked yet, like there's something that's off. So then I'll send her a message and say, like her and I have this relationship, but then there's other relationships that I have that are just as strong, but I don't have that with. So like going back to her, for example, like I can easily text her and say, I can feel it in my senses today that something's bothering you. Like, is that true? You know? And then she'd respond and say, yeah, the last couple of days have been hard because of this and that. Um, But then I guess in the same token, I have equal, very strong relationships that I have not. And maybe it's just because I haven't done that with them and it hasn't been reciprocated. So I feel like there, I maybe can't do that. But then there's those relationships where I have a hard time putting it into words because I'll go to send them a text to say like, hey, I know you've been, um, you know, either going through a lot, whether it's family or work life. How are you handling that? Um, And I feel like I just delete the message and continue to type it over and over again because I'm being so conscious of I don't want to offend them or I don't want to say something wrong or I don't want them to feel like, oh, great. Now I'm, you know, impacting other people's lives and I'm putting a burden on them because, Mm -hmm. you know, they feel like I'm being quiet or distant or so I feel like it's very hard to put your thoughts into words and your feelings into words, especially with your loved ones, because you just care so much about their opinion and their Mm -hmm. mental health. You don't want to make it worse, but there's some relationships that are super easy and you can just spit it right out there and say, Hey, are you okay? You you're, you're being different. So like, how do you then talk to the ones that are a little more tough? A little more reserved. Yeah. I think it all depends too, just on the circumstance. I think, um, you know, I've had some, some loved ones go through like medical scares and you don't want to like continue to be like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? How are you mm-hmm. doing? Cause then you're, you're constantly bringing it up. Sometimes you're just like, maybe they don't want to talk about it every day. Yeah. Maybe they want to just talk about the weather or whatever, you know? And I think, um, same thing goes for like if, if they just got out of a relationship and they're just like really sad and they're, you know, all these circumstances, I think you have to kind of take them as they come mm-hmm. and sort of, as you know, your, your loved one, you kind of know how they might react. If you were to say, you know, how are you doing? Maybe instead just not even going that route, just distraction, you know, like, Hey, let you, what are you doing on Saturday? Do you want to go? There's a farmer's market, you know, just trying to find like, maybe some, some fun ideas outside of just how are you doing, Yeah, you know, is a way to get, get to them. That's a really good point because I feel like we oftentimes forget and put the responsibility on ourselves that we need to get people to talk when the hardest thing I think to really accept is that we can't force people to talk to us. And no matter how many times we ask, are you okay? They're either going to say yes, or they're going to say no. And we can't change that answer. So it's kind of like, unfortunately, they do need to be the ones to tell us how they're feeling. Um, so I, I do feel like we should continue to try, but then also just respect that we can't control their actions or um, even what they tell us. So it's kind of like then relieving ourselves of that burden where it's like, I got to figure this out. You know, like I just care about them so much, you know, but it's not our responsibility then to pull that out of them because then Mm -hmm. that might even hurt your relationship you know you really just got to tiptoe around um 
being able to respect their boundaries. And if they're not, you know, if you really, really, I guess there's also a difference between my friend or family member has gotten quiet a little bit. I know something's going on versus I'm really concerned about their safety. Yeah. You know, so like, I guess knowing that difference as well. And then that actually makes me think about also knowing the difference of, is this just my anxiety or is this really something I should be worried about? Because like, I do that all the time. Um, my partner has never showed me any type of like concern of his safety, his health, you know, nothing, but because of my own anxiety and my, a lot of my anxiety stems from safety. So it's kind of like, you know, is my, how it's going to burst into flames today if I don't check the light switches 10 times Mm -hmm. is, you know, my cat going to run away if all the doors aren't locked. Um, it's like, you know, if he didn't text me when he got to work, is he in an accident? It's all safety for me. So when I think about um, him or even my friends or my family, I feel like a lot of the time I'm I'm provoking that anxiety Gosh, on yeah. myself. So that's been a tough one for me to try to separate. And it's just um, what I found is helpful is asking myself that question when I'm feeling like he's acting weird. Or they're acting weird. Did I do something? Oh, excuse me. Did I do something? Um, Or like, I know he's had a really tough week at work. Is he okay? It's, those are all my thoughts. Not once did he make me feel like I'm not okay because I've had a hard week. That's a really good point. And also a really hard like line because what part of that is your own thoughts and your own anxieties and what part of that is real it can really happen i think you could you could definitely like for example if it's a family member you could definitely bounce it off of another family member and just say hey Hmm. have you noticed that so and so is has gotten really quiet they're no longer like posting stuff on their social media like they're not answering my calls you know just kind of like bouncing it off other people just to see if it is just you or if it's them i think that i do exactly what you just said with my kids um it for me the most beautiful beautiful thing I've ever done is become a mom. And the most terrifying thing I've ever done is become a mom because I'm constantly afraid of, of everything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) honestly, from the time they were born until even now. and, And they're adults now. I think that I do that, especially like if they're in school and they're really overwhelmed with school and I can sense that they're really under a lot of stress or pressure. I'm constantly like, are you okay? How are you, how are you doing? Are you okay? I get the, yes, mom, you already asked me, you know, and it's like, am I, and now am I making them feel like they're not okay? Like, am I putting my anxiety onto them? It's a gray area. Maybe they just really just need that time to themselves to focus. But at the same time, if someone's really doing something out of the ordinary and getting just very quiet. I do think we want to make sure that we're recognizing that mm-hmm. and, you know, checking in on them mm-hmm. in whatever way that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's tough. So it's hard. That's so hard. But it's such a good point. I think a lot of people, I would hope that can relate to that because, yeah. you know, I think especially when it comes to the topic of suicide and mm-hmm. um, you hear these stories, you know, you were just sharing offline about how right after your event, mm-hmm. um, someone had, you know, with it, that had been at that event experienced loss Mm -hmm. of suicide shortly after and how devastating, like, I feel like as a survivor of someone you've just lost to suicide, you will always question yourself Mm -hmm. in that and how, how could you have changed the outcome of that? Like, were they quiet? Did I not notice they were quiet? Mm -hmm. What, what did I do wrong? What didn't I do right? You know? Yeah. And I feel like then you will also 
lose trust, not because like in people in your life, not because they've given you a reason to lose trust in them, but just because you are constantly or frequently thinking about those signs that you're trying to look for because you never, ever, ever want that to happen to you or somebody around you again. So you're constantly thinking, you know, I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't see the signs in that person who we lost. So I need to try extra hard to, to look at the people around me. And then again, it's our own anxiety provoking Mm -hmm. these feelings, um, and making situations that feel real. They totally feel Mm -hmm. real, but then they're not. So at least that's what um, happens with me is after losing my partner's dad, it's just everyone that I look at, you know, I'm now evaluating in my head and it's so uncomfortable because I feel like, you know, you're never, once you've experienced that, you just never, you just never not experience it. You're just changed. I think you're forever changed your mindset. Yeah. And the word itself scares me oh, so yeah. much because I was 13 the first time I heard that word and it was my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, yeah. I mean, I just know how devastating it is and how permanent it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah. I, and, and I, you know, thinking about that just because of course, you know, I was young, so I don't remember all that well, but I try to think about, was my dad getting really silent during that time? Was mm-hmm. he really quiet? Was he, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I'd say yes, but it wasn't out of the ordinary for him because he did battle depression and yeah. he had clinical depression. And I thankfully have never had that um, to, to battle in my life. Yes, I have anxiety, but I've I don't know what it's like to be clinically depressed to a point where you can't even see like the sun, you know, you can't see the, the bright things in your life. And like, it's really sad to think about, but I think if you are in that place, you probably just naturally are quiet, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know, you don't have a lot to, to talk about or be excited about because you're feeling so dark. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, it's, it's, it's just so hard. And I think just loving the people in your life, loving the people you come across or encounter, um, in every way you can. And it doesn't always have to be in the words of, are you okay? Because right. I don't think people necessarily always want to be asked that question. No. Because they don't want to give the answer. It's you know? a default answer. Oh, I'm fine. You know, how many, or I'm good. You know, like at least like walking into work every day, I know. And people are like, oh, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Like, yeah, that's a default answer that just rolls off my tongue. I'd not once actually thought about, or when I did in my head, I'm like crappy or really mm-hmm. good. But I still respond with my fine thanks, you know, like it's yeah. just there's such default answers. So that's a good point. Like, what is something else you could ask people? Um, who was it? Um, he's from Monroe. He his name is Jeff. And we Kylie and I, um, through Light Up the Darkness, we got in contact with him. He runs, it's called Tugs. Um, I can't remember exactly what the acronym spelled, but it's like talking, understanding. Hmm growing maybe um and then support and they focus on mental health they're located in Monroe Wisconsin and um he had said something one time that really stuck with me and he said when people if you say like hey how are you doing and someone says like oh good you know you can ask them them a follow-up like is that a good like you're good or is that like a bad I'm good or okay like was another one I'm okay you know, like, okay, is that a good okay or a bad okay? You know, because yeah. then it also gets them thinking like, oh, like, 
well, you know, like I, this is my opportunity then to tell them how I feel because clearly they want to know. So I, I've always yeah. kind of thought about that. Like if anybody says I'm okay, that's like the first thing that pops into my head. Yeah. I'm like, are, are you good? Though? Okay. Yeah. Or a bad. Okay. I know. Like, I know. Um, cause then I feel like then it gives them that little comfort where it's like, okay, maybe I can tell this person, but I think something too, that's hard about breaking the silence is because, um, at least growing up, going to school, I don't know your experience with this, but I would frequently hear in school that when it comes to someone threatening their life, they were seeking attention. And mm. just to basically say they're seeking attention, don't give them that attention. You know, it's yeah. like they're just they're just looking for attention. They're not going to do it. And so many times that statement has been wrong. Yeah. When they when they're telling you they're gonna do it, yes, they're asking for attention, but it's not in a bad way. It's not in a I wanna be popular attention. No. It's I'm asking for help. And at this point, like, you know, it's kind of like my last kind of reach out for help. So I really like to anyone listening who has heard that statement like I have, where it's like, oh, they're just asking for attention. Just ignore it. Please don't ignore it because you you don't know. You know, it's really, you don't know what their motive is behind it. And nor do you ever want to play with that or figure, like, figure it out. Like, you always just should just assume that it's real. And yeah. I mean, I, you know, I didn't do that either because you grow up just, you know, with um, what you, you know, you're at school longer than you're at home, yeah. right? So like a lot of what you hear and what you do comes from where you're at all day. And for a lot of like the younger kids that is school or after school sports or yeah. things like that. Um, and it's really hard in high school. But like, I think we were talking about in a different episode prior to this was that um, the suicide rates and ages just continue to get lower mm -hmm. in age. So I feel like if someone in your kids' school or maybe you're in high school listening, I guess I would just take it seriously. You just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think obviously if somebody's saying that, whether or not they want the attention for it, yeah. maybe they, it's a cry for help one way or the other, right? Like, That's a very good point. They, they, I mean, you know, whether they are actually serious about it or not, I've also heard of stories where people have said that they threw that out there and then they actually felt like they had to follow through with it because they'd already said it. And it's like, mm, how sad is that? Wow. Like that maybe they really didn't mean it and they just said it, but then everyone was like, well, I thought you were going to do it. And then like it turned into a yes. thing where like they felt like so awful. Um, the other thing about, I wanted to touch on that mm -hmm. you just mentioned about how it gets younger and younger. Um, you know, I remember when my my now college aged kids um, were adolescents or when they were in like high school, you know, going through that time in their life where, you know, things are hard, right? Like hormones, everything. And you start to see your kids change, like where they start to retract. They start to get silent. Mm. They go in their room. They shut the door. You don't see them all night. And as a parent, especially as a neurotic and anxious mm -hmm. parent like mm -hmm. me, you start to question like, what's wrong with them? Why are they not talking to us? Why are they like locking themselves in their bedroom? Like, you know, you, I, it's a tough thing. You have to, um, you have to respect that they're going to change. They're going to grow up and, you know, they're no longer going to want to like talk to you 24 seven. At the same time, you want to check in and make sure that like, hey, how are things going? Like, you know, and trying to keep the dialogue as hard as it's going to be, as much as they don't want to, um, 
you you know, you just kind of have to. And however that is, like, right, you might just say, hey, we're going for a walk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go for a walk. Well, I know you don't want to go for a walk, but we're going to go for a walk. And it's not like you're sitting there because you're going to ask them. A million, they don't want to be asked a million questions. Right. That I definitely learned. I feel like they just want to be, right? They don't want to talk about their day. They don't necessarily want to talk about their friend groups or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. Like they just want to just be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough thing to grow up. <laughs> Gosh, we've yeah. been there, yeah. you know, but it feels like forever ago for uh-huh. me. <laughs> um, I think just, yeah, like keep talking to them right. even when they don't want to, but do it in a way that they don't feel like it's a burden. Do it in a way that it feels more natural, mm-hmm. you know, over the dinner table or like I said, going for a walk or maybe they like a certain sport, taking them to a, you know, a badger game or taking them wherever, you know, just yeah. like getting them out yeah. of that bedroom and out of that quiet place. That's a good point. And I mean, I don't have kids today. I'm really hoping that we will, um, hopefully in the next few years, but I mean, and I know it's easier said than done, but something I really, really hope that I push myself to implement in my kids is showing them that I am fine with them seeing that I'm not okay all the time. So if I come home and I'm just having, you know, a really rough day talking to them about, I didn't know how to handle this situation because blah, 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 or, you know, I reacted really bad to that today and I had to apologize to my boss or whatever it is, because I feel like we want to model, when I say we, like I'm not a parent, but like people (laughs) want to model such, you know, really great behavior for their kids so that they can grow up seeing just these really incredible people, you know, who raised them or who Mm -hmm. was in their lives. Um, But I feel like now we're learning that a part of that too is also showing them that you struggle so that when they struggle, they don't feel like I'm so different. I can't tell anyone about it. This exact thing happened to me this morning. In fact, we had, so I didn't get the notification that the bus route has backed up the time by 10 minutes, which by the way, 10 minutes in the morning is like a lifetime. (laughs) If you lose 10 minutes, you've just lost everything, you know? And so um, I noticed it happening yesterday when the bus came and I was like, oh my gosh, the bus here, you need to run. And, you know, we've got, we've got a little bit of a driveway you got to run up. So we made it yesterday. Today we did not. I did not handle that well. Like I was frustrated. At first I was frustrated with her because I was like, we got to be faster in the morning. We got to stay on top of it. Cause you know, yeah. I mean, it's easy to get distracted, right? Like she gets distracted doing something. And then I'm like, we need to be more on top of it. And I just like, I didn't feel. And then when I realized after I talked to my, to Ashley, actually, I was like, Hey, why did the bus come 10 minutes early? And she's like, Oh, didn't you get the note? No. So then I felt bad because I was like, like reprimanding her for being late when the bus was early. <laughs> and I felt the, like so awful. Like this goes back to mom guilt, but I feel like me recognizing like, okay, mom made a mistake. I'm really sorry. Like I should have handled that better. And I realized that like, that isn't the way I want you to start your day. And so then of course, like it's been eating at me ever since. Um, but I, I say this because I agree with you that like our kids also need to see that like, we're not perfect. Yeah. We're, we're going to make mistakes and, um, you know, we, we need to recognize them and own them yeah. and let them see that, like, we're not perfect, but we're, we're okay. Like, right. Yeah. And then they're probably going to, I'm assuming, going to say again, like speaking non-parent, but um, at least like thinking about like, too, like my parents, like watching them, like I, like kids know how to handle situations based on like how their parents react to it. So, you know, like when... 
Like, um, I think of like when my sister, she was younger, she's older than me, but we were younger. So I don't even remember these incidents, but I remember them being told to me. Um, she would spill a whole gallon of milk at the dinner table every single night. Like it was oh like a God. month. It was like a month of it's just like, like clumsy. Yes. And like we had um, carpet in our dining room at that point. So then it was like, you know, seeping through like the cracks and the tables on the ground. And like, then they just like, it was, you know, it wasn't a big deal at that point. They were just like, grab the towels, doing it again. It's like how they react, you know, then makes us feel like, okay, so if that spills, it's no big deal. This is how it's, it's okay. Like it all can be cleaned up. And I used that actually, I think it was last week or the week before, um, Tana and I were getting ready and uh, for work in the morning and we have a water filter in the fridge and he was filling up his um, jug of water and it just like slipped. I don't know however it did, but like the jug fell on the floor. The water filter was like oh, man. on the ground and water everywhere. And he just had and rightfully so that's a tough way to start your morning is, especially yeah. when you're running a little bit behind but he he had a you know a bit of a moment and I just remembered back to all of those milk spills that I feel like I don't remember but I also feel like I do because clearly I knew how to handle this situation where he was really upset um and it was just helping and it was trying not to say a lot because you can say all the right things in the moment mm -hmm. and it's just not going to help because they're feeling in a certain way. Yes. And I feel like then that kind of goes back to any type of mental health is like, you know, when people say, well, just think positive things, you know, like this isn't so bad. It's like part of, I feel like breaking the silence is also realizing that you just got to let people have their moments sometime yep. and then come back to them later. Just like, you're like, you're going to do with your daughter later. It's like, you know, come back to them later. Talk about like, I'm sorry, I didn't handle that very well. Or however it is like on their side, just kind of let them have their moment, circle back with them later. If you feel like it's something that you need to, and say like, can you tell me how you felt in that situation? Mm -hmm. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I'm worried about whatever it is. So I feel like it all just plays off of one another and just, making sure that we're giving people grace and giving ourselves grace because yes. we're not, we're really nobody We're I heard this one time and it's so true. Like we are all in this life. Like this is our first time being here that yeah. we remember. Right. So it's kind of like, we're all just newbies yeah. at this, no matter how old we are, there's always different chapters in our for life sure. that we're going through. So every day it's really new for all of us. So like, we're all just, we're not going to get it right no. all the time. And sometimes people do just need their space too. I think with like the, like with the breaking the silence, I think that there is something to be said for like, just giving somebody some space, depending on the situation, right? If they just got out of a relationship, maybe they just need some time, Yeah. but there's, you know, too much space where you're not checking in and right. you're not keeping them like in check that everything's okay. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's a gray area, but I feel like you, you know, the people you love in your life, you know them, mm -hmm. you know, their behaviors. And if they're not um, being themselves and they're going through a tough time, navigate that. And, you know, you'll, I think they'll appreciate it if you can navigate it to a way that, you know, they'll respond to. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like um, breaking the silence is 
will probably always be a gray area just because, you know, if we, if we crack the code, we wouldn't be talking about this today. So it's always going to be a work in progress, but I feel like people already are doing very good at it. And really it's just that awareness and understanding that we will never know what other people are going through. They will be the only ones who truly know that, but the, all we can do is check in, but it's also not our responsibility to to get that out of them either. That's all yeah. we can do is check in. But um, yeah, we're nearing the end of our time, but I thought this yeah, was this such was a great really topic. Good topic. And I'm sure this will tie into a lot of our future episodes as mm-hmm. well. So thank yeah. you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us for our third season of the heart and home podcast we'd love it if you'd share this podcast with a friend just so we can spread the word of mental health and if you could give us a follow on instagram so we can spread awareness there as well thank you so much and we'll see you soon